Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers. Our guest this week is the past president of the North Carolina Association of Realtors, past president as of January 1st, but still uh, very interested in the the, uh, entire realtor market and uh, has been a very interesting guest on one previous program. And so we wanted to bring her back to talk about housing trends and what's going on and the changes that have been all about because of inflation and higher interest rates and all that sort of thing. But one other thing that's happening in North Carolina, in addition to North Carolina getting a lot of new jobs from new industry like VinFest and others, Boom and Greensboro and, and the Toyota battery plant and so forth, there's, there's growth all over the uh, the Crescent area. But North Carolina is also uh, getting to be quite a market for retirement. And, uh, of course, you are in the Fayetteville area, Wendy, and, of course, a lot of the military people have fond memories of North Carolina, and many of them choose to retire in North Carolina when they leave the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, we've got the beautiful mountains and the beautiful coast. So North Carolina is an ideal place for retirement. So how does that affect the real estate market, and, and what are the trends right now in that area? So retirement has always been an interesting thing, particularly for North Carolina. And going back, you know, decades ago, um, looking at certain pockets, uh, we'll think uh, Pinehurst, Southern Pines, think of um, um, up in the mountains, lots of different mountain areas, Asheville in particular, have, have attracted a lot of outer state retirees. And um, in those markets, you can see. It's okay if you want to call them Yankees. It's okay. (laughs) I actually like calling them halfbackers more than Yankees. They're all the people (laughs) who from up north who went to Florida thinking it was the greatest thing on earth and then decided it was too hot and too windy and came halfway back (laughs) to the north and landed in North Carolina. That's a great term. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love our I love our halfbackers. But in those yeah. specific areas, historically, looking over the last you know twenty to forty years, the impact of retirement on those areas has actually made those very expensive areas to live in. Right in, in those yeah. areas, it's sometimes hard for the natives who were born and raised there to continue to afford living there because a lot of out of state money came in and it really propped up those property values. And it, it and and so we've seen that in North Carolina in in several places, um, but North Carolina in general, you're right. It continues to become more and more attractive. It's still a fairly temperate climate, especially in the winter. The summers are getting hot, but it, other than that, it's a temperate climate. Um, and 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 I think it will continue to be attractive um, for for retirement retirees and the areas that they choose to go to, they're the ones who, you know, they've invested wisely. And if they're moving, they've got cash to spend on houses and they're going to be the ones who are willing to pay for a product that they want. And it's um, it'll be interesting to see how it impacts other parts of the state moving forward. Yeah. So uh, the second home market or the uh, recreational home market, uh, of course, is also being affected by the higher interest rates. Uh, will this bring down uh, the cost of those looking at homes on the coast as far as the total payment, the total cost of maintaining a second home? You you know, yes. I mean, it, it is going to have some impact. Now, 
unless we go into a really major recession, I mean, people with money can can spend money and they can refinance a home after a few years and just wait for interest rates to drop and those types of things. So it will have an impact. You can't say that it won't, but I don't think it's going to stop those markets completely. Well, we're talking about uh, the cost of construction. And of course, that is very much affected by inflation. Uh, do you have an average cost for a new home as far as cost per foot that is a rule of thumb that is being used now by most people as far as how much it costs to build a new home? Well, I mean, that's going to vary everywhere in, you know, in every little area of North Carolina that you're in. I mean, we're, you know, $120 a square foot, you know, it's, you're seeing that in some places I've been in the mountains, some places where they're saying it's $300 a square foot. So it's, or higher. And, and so that's going to really vary just from where you're standing and where you're asking that question. It's all over the place. But the main lesson is, is that everywhere, um, the, the inflation and the cost of building has made housing less affordable in each place that it's being built. So, I mean, you may still be able to build in down in my area a $300,000 home that up in Raleigh is going to be a $600,000 home, but $300,000 is just as unaffordable to the people who earn money here as a $600,000 home would be in Raleigh. And so um, that's one of the reasons we are seeing people who are willing to drive if they can work away from the cities, then um, then they're willing to drive there and and move outside of those areas for that affordability. But the other people will just stay and figure it out. Well, one of the concerns I, I hear often is the fact that in, in the major cities where uh, housing costs are going up so rapidly, um, that uh, many of the service workers, like uh, the police officers who service, the uh, fire workers, the uh, uh, school teachers, and so forth, are finding it difficult to live in the city that they work in. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a problem. It's a huge problem. And it's a really a point of contention when you're living in a city and you have people who are saying, not in my backyard, I don't want you doing infill, I don't want you doing concentrated building, but let's say because you're very right it's a strong point you've hit on if your if your workforce cannot afford to live there and this happened years ago in chapel hill let's say you have an ice or a freezing storm come in it shuts down an entire city and all of your emergency workers live outside of that city and they can't get in to help the people who live there you're in a lot of trouble you have got to have housing inside of metropolitan areas where your first responders can afford to live. And if they can't, you've got a problem. It may not be today, but one day you will have a problem. Um, and and it, you, it really needs to be figured out. It's got to be figured out. And there are creative ways people are doing it. We're seeing things around the state. We see, on one thing, we see um, industries and corporations that are now building and providing housing for their workers. We see uh, parking garages that are being turned into condominiums. We see strip malls and and uh, mall different types of shopping mall areas that are being turned into housing in areas. But then there's also just some stuff of obsolete housing that's going to need to be brought down, and density is going to have to be built in metropolitan areas. 
we can't just keep chewing up countryside and going further and further out. We actually need some affordable housing within the municipalities where the services are being provided. That's That was a great, yeah, great comment, Don. You know, of course, I, I live in Raleigh, and we are seeing a huge surge of, of return to the downtown area, especially with apartments and condominiums and so forth. Is this trend going on uh, other places other than, say, Charlotte and Raleigh and Greensboro? Are you seeing uh, this in the smaller towns as well? Well, what I will say is for the first time in in since I've been in real estate, now I've only been in it for 20 years. My father was in it for another you know, 15 years before me. So since my two generations have been in it, this is the first time where we're actually seeing appreciation on value of condos or townhouses in, in our market, significant appreciation. And, and so normally those have been properties you would buy and then you would just use them as an investment property for decades and then just sell them inexpensively to other investors. And, and, and that has shifted. Are we seeing a lot more building of townhouses and condominiums? No, not like you're seeing in the big metropolitan areas. A lot of that has to do, though, with we don't want it here. We understand we need it, but we don't want it here. Well, they don't need it out in the country. You know, they don't <laughs> they don't need it out by the by the tobacco and the corn farms outside of the city. They need it in the city. So it's 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 the same and and everywhere around the country is dealing with this and challenged with it it's it's not an easy solution a lot of uh concern for a while uh, surrounded the idea of paying both city and county tax i don't seem to hear that quite as often as i did because uh the advantages of paying city taxes sometimes makes it worth paying it uh what do you see yeah, I, I think that people have choices and, and people, um, I, I don't hear that as being the number one driver. I mean, you're right. 15 years ago, when I would pick up buyers, they're like, we don't want to live in the city because we don't want to pay the taxes. We want to live in the counties. Um, you don't have people say that anymore. You're right. You just you just don't have people say that. Um, you know, if they're living in the county, they do want to know what they're not getting. Versus, you know, versus the opposite way of, well, if we're going to pay city taxes, what are we getting? There seems just to be a better understanding of services. And especially when you come into an area like ours where the counties are dealing with all kinds of water quality issues and, and you know, um, sewer and septic issues and those types of things. I think there have been enough stories out there in the news that the consumer's a little bit more educated that there's pros and cons either way. Tax rates are interesting because there's two factors involved. One is the evaluation, and then there's the tax rate. How do you deal with that from, from county to county where one county may have a high tax rate but a low evaluation? How do you, uh, as a realtor, uh, try to make some sort of sense out of that? Uh, well, it's even tougher now because so many, since since all these high appreciation has happened in the last two years, a lot of counties are coming up for reevaluation. So there's even a third thing to throw in there, like what you're paying now won't be what you're you know necessarily paying in a, a year from now. Um, it is always an interesting conversation as you go county by county because you're right. And it really just becomes breaking it down. You know, where are you going to work? If you're working in the county that has the lower tax rate or and the lower evaluation, 
then then house yourself there. It makes sense. But if you're going to start commuting, if you're going to start, you know, driving in into work from a rural setting into another county and you think it's saving you money, let's just let, let's just take a step back and really have a conversation about that so you can make the best choice for your family. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Let's make sure you have all the information. Don't scare don't get scared off of a tax rate until you figure out all the other costs that are involved. How many how do you handle questions about the quality of the school system in the area that uh prospects are looking at because with children i'm sure that that is a major concern what kind of educational opportunities are there for my children you know i think it's really important that parents educate themselves on those school systems and figure it out after all the years that i've been in real estate i know that when a parent calls a school a good school or asks what a good school is it means something different to every parent Sometimes it's a safety issue. Sometimes it's a specific course offering like foreign languages in elementary school. Sometimes it just has to do with what the test scores are. And sometimes it has to do with size of classrooms and those types of things. So it's really about making sure, you know, the parents just have access to the information and they educate themselves well. Got about 30 seconds left in this segment. So when you're dealing with a prospective homeowner, uh, let's say a, a first-time homeowner, what is the number one thing that they're most concerned about? A first-time homebuyer? Yeah. Being able to qualify and find a property. Those are the those are the big things initially right now is can we find what we're looking for and can we afford it? Interesting. Our guest is Wendy Harris. She is now the past president of the North Carolina Association of Realtors. We've got one final segment, and I wanted to save that final segment for discussion about mortgages and mortgage rates and what the mortgage market is these days. Uh, and we've talked about all the other sorts of things that lead up to that. We've saved that for the last segment, and we'll do that when we return with the final segment of Carolina Newsmakers. You wanted to see me? Yes, please. Have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team. But I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. <sighs> we want to hire you. You're, you're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. Welcome back to the final segment of Carolina Newsmakers for this week. 
Our weekly topic this week has to do with the, the housing market in North Carolina, and we have turned to our uh, now friend, Wendy Harris, who is the now pre past president of the North Carolina Association of Realtors, representing some 57,000 real estate professor, uh, professionals in the state of North Carolina. And as we said when we ended the last segment, we wanted to talk about mortgage rates and uh, mortgage plans and how people are dealing with the rising mortgage rates. Uh, we had a very low situation of bargain rates, I guess, for such a long time that we got accustomed to it. How are people adjusting to that and what can they expect in the far form of, uh, say, creative planning as far as getting financing for new homes? So I think, first of all, uh, you know, I, I always like when people get really, really worried about a 7% interest rate, I, I do like to just remind them that in the 1980s, real estate didn't stop and interest rates reached 17%, you know, and, you know, around that mark. Um, and, and so, like you said, we got used to unusually low interest rates, which it, it lasted a lot longer than anybody ever thought they were. And now we're back to sort of what is more or less was typical before then, which is that six, seven percent range. Um, I think in the first quarter of this year, provided inflation doesn't kick off again, we'll be settling around six percent in this in this first quarter of this year. That's what the indicators are and the reports I'm seeing are saying. And it just means people have to just plan and be aware of what's going on. I also think we're going to see things. I've got a little birdie that whispered in my ear this morning that I think we'll see some other products coming down from the federal level that um, help give um, opportunities and loans um, to people in situations that may not have been available before for specific uses and stuff like that. Um, there are a lot of products out there on the market that aren't just your standard uh, government-backed loans right now. Because of the real estate market and what's happened over the last few years, we've got a lot of private lending options that are out there. A lot of these variable rates, a lot of these uh, balloon payment things showing up again, you know, just lots of different things that are out there. So to buyers, I just say, do your research ask lots of questions, don't just speak to one person about it, and, and just make sure you know, you, you're know you making the best choices because it's not what it was where pretty much everyone's offering you know you three or four options everywhere you go. Well, I suspect in many cases, people are looking at what is their monthly payment. And in that case, I guess in many cases, they're looking at just stretching out the term of the loan as the number one way of bringing in the affordability issue. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is really good. We have seen some lengthening of some loans beyond the 30 year that we're used to. Um, that could be an option. I don't know that that'll be a long-term trend or not, but it might be a product that's around for a while. So certainly that's something to look at. Um, you know, there's also just, um, lower, uh, a lot of a lot of lending when you go get a mortgage, they're actually figuring out the mortgage with you buying down interest rates right at the very beginning. And buyers aren't really necessarily understanding that they have options. 
I think um, in some ways, mortgage companies want you to buy down the interest rate so that when interest rates drop, you're not just refinancing right away, right? And so yeah. that's one of the things when I'm speaking to buyers is I was like, pay attention to what's actually happening. What is the actual interest rate? What are you buying down? And how does that impact you if you would have an opportunity to refinance in two or three years? Um, you know, <laughs> Make sure you're thinking it through. Well, of course, that was a huge trend there for a long, a long time as interest rates went down. Uh, almost everybody was refinancing. That's and, right. Uh, so uh, I guess the mortgage companies have sort of learned from that. And maybe they, as you say, don't want that to happen again and will try to be more creative on their end to keep that from happening. It does make um, it more, it does make it less affordable though for the buyer when you're having to bring that much more cash to the closing table. And that's the problem with that is, is when we're dealing with the difficulty in affordability, and you're saying, okay, now we need another $10,000 to buy down the interest rate. It's, you know, so you've just got to really have your eyes wide open with it. So what can a person look at as far as a percentage of, of the cost of a new home as far as financing? 80%? Is that a good factor or is that? Who, you know, most buyers are not putting down 20%. So with all the different loan products out there, we've actually seen a real increase in that FHA loan, which is, you know, so you're looking at a lot of buyers putting down anywhere from zero to 10%. And, and that can still be difficult for a lot of buyers. One of the trends that we've seen that's really changed over the last couple of years is buyers getting gifts from family members for down payments on properties because of it. But um, but yeah, we we've we've seen a lot more conventional loans than we've seen in the past, but we're also not necessarily seeing the 20 percent down on them. Another thing I guess we didn't talk about, I'm changing the subject on you here. Uh, a lot of people, when they reach 65 and uh, they're suddenly faced with their children uh, being out of the home and even grandchildren out of the home, uh, the term downsizing is uh I guess that's a, that's a whole new factor. Uh, that market is going to get bigger because there are going to be more and more people in that age group. That market would be extremely vibrant right now if the housing stock were available, but there's no houses for those people to move into. There is a there is a pent up demand for not only buying but also for sellers who want to sell and want to downsize, but there's not a product for them to buy, and so they're not moving. A lot of yeah. homeowners who want to move are not moving because they just can't get into what they want. Yeah, I, you know, I, I've run into several people who said, boy, I sold my house for a lot of money. But unfortunately, I found out buying something was also at an inflated price. Mm -hmm. That's right. So there's not much to gain by looking at that. Uh, I guess that's uh, that's a matter of timing, being on the uh, as uh, one person said one time, being on the cutting edge of technology is, or any change for that matter, is important, depending on which end of the knife you're holding. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, we're not finding a lot of sellers who are just selling without already having a house lined up somewhere else. Um, it's it's a very different it's a very different world right now. One of the well, good things I will say, uh, I will say one of the good things is we had this huge onslaught of iBuyers 
show up in North Carolina and our major, you know, metropolitans. And they were just these corporate investors, eye buyers that were buying all of this real estate in inventory. And with the change that's happened over the last six months or over the last six to nine months, a lot of that has stopped. I mean, a lot of the iBuyer organizations and groups have really taken a, a heavy hit on the speculation. And so I don't know what they're going to do with all their inventory. That remains to be seen, um, but at least that slowed down. I mean, I, I'm no longer getting 30 postcards a week at all of my house, you know, at my house and my office saying, do you want to sell your house? We'd like to buy it. The text messages have slowed down. I haven't gotten a text message in two months that said, hey, would you like to sell your house? Well, you know, that's, uh, that, that, uh, that's, uh, I guess, uh, when you've got 57,000 realtors out looking for a way to make a living, that, uh, won't totally stop because, uh, they've got to generate some business somewhere. That's exactly um, right. True. <laughs> um, Raw land in North Carolina. Uh, I know that this is not a part of the housing market yet, but as people look at the expanding into the, suburbs and the out of state areas uh, out of uh, metropolitan areas uh what is the market for raw land now in north carolina so raw land is attractive people are buying it i will caution just to say well first of all one of the things that's so beautiful about this state in my opinion is our land so i'd hate for all of it to disappear all of a sudden uh, we're not at real risk of that happening. But the thing that I would really like to caution on is what it costs to develop raw land is so expensive that it is not necessarily an answer to our housing issues that we have, our shortage of housing. It, just like we spoke about in an earlier segment, the cost to run sewer, to run water, to run power, to pave the roads, to get the intersections in there, to get services out to their fire, uh, I mean, yeah, like uh, fire departments, emergency departments. I mean, all of those have to be expanded to reach into new undeveloped areas, emergency services, all that kind of stuff. The cost of developing raw land is so expensive. If we're going to solve the housing crisis, we're going to have to look inward. We really are. We're going to have to do it. It'll be the quickest, easiest, and less co least costly way to do it. Well, we've got about uh, two minutes left. Uh, so uh, if you were to wrap up, everything we've talked about what should the north carolina consumer the average consumer be concerned about and what headlines should they watch to sort of keep up with what's happening in the whole area of housing for the year 2023 so i think if we're speaking to the average consumer then we're talking to the potential buyers that are out there on the market i think they need to go ahead and start looking for houses now knowing that interest rates are probably going to settle down in the next couple of months just start developing the relationships with their, uh, you know, with their realtors or their representatives so that they know what's coming on the market and when it's going to be there. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Just if you want to be a buyer and you just stepped back because of the high interest rates, they're going to be settling into a reasonable place in the next few months. And so I think now's the time to get back into that market if you plan to get in it at all in the next couple of years. Um, so I think I would advise them to do that. From the seller perspective, 
I would caution that if you are an owner who's looking to sell a property that you're living in, you still need to be very, very careful. Do not sell your property until you already have another one to live in, or you might just find yourself homeless or moving back in with family or something along those lines. And investors, if you've got houses that need to be sold, really think about you know the potential that those homes have, whether they're best suited for additional rental properties or for um, primary uh, occupancy. Wonderful. That's a great summary. And you've left me just enough time to remind people that if you happen to be listening to a station that carries the half hour version of this program, there are two segments that you've missed and you can go online to Carolina Newsmakers and pick up those two segments. Or if you'd like to share the entire broadcast with a friend or hear it yourself, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com. Thank you, Wendy, for being with us. And we look forward to having you back on again soon. And Jason, thank you for producing the program. And Jason Kong will have another interesting guest for us again next week on this same group of stations. So until next week, same time, same station, all across North Carolina. We hope that you will have a great weekend. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.